we got one of my all-time favorite podcasts today <laughs> with my brother, Richard Rudd. The Richard Rudd is the author of Gene Keys, Unlocking the Higher Purpose Hidden in Your DNA. Uh, I've been a fan of his for a long time now. Um, we track so much of the the origin story that is Richard Rudd, which is pretty fantastic. And we even dive into prophecy in this one, which is, uh, <laughs> that's always fucking juicy. Lots of good stuff here. Um, Richard has been developing different programs on how to work with consciousness and the consciousness of your cells, unlocking the DNA, and how that aligns to creating the best version of yourself. And because each of us is a unique expression of the divine, we each come with a certain pattern, with our own unique imprint and blueprint. And that's really what Gene Keys is about. It's about discovering what is uniquely you and how do you unlock and access the very best of yourself, moving from shadow into your gift and then eventually from the gift into your city, which is the ultimate gift that you might call that Christ consciousness, Buddha consciousness, Lao Tzu consciousness, whatever you want to call that, the highest possible version of yourself. And, uh, you know, I really gravitated towards this book right when I first heard, I started hearing about it in medicine circles and I was like, eh, I don't know, man, a lot of people are reading this book. And then, um, uh, I went through my reading and he tells you how to do all this stuff here for free, but I went through my reading and I was like, holy shit, there's so much of this that is pretty damn exact. And it's like odd. It's very odd to me how many stuck out like sore thumbs. Um, so we got a couple books. I got one for my wife, got one for myself. I went through our charts and marked each page where our codes were. And over the course of about a year and a half, really took time diving into each section of this and each section that was pertinent to me. And after a while, I just kind of set it aside. I was like, all right, yeah, cool. I got that. I feel like I'm doing good there. And then uh, I have a close friend of mine, Jade Bryce, who has had Richard on his podcast, uh, was telling me about an upcoming uh, dream workshop that he's doing on spirit animals. And I was like, sign me the fuck up. I'm definitely in for that. And um, she had him on the podcast, great podcast. And uh, I'll link to that in the show notes. And really uh, just showed me that he this, you know, Richard's never stopped working like most great guys. He's still in the game. And um, it reminded me like, oh man, I should tune back into him. And uh, I know we were trying to get Richard out stateside. I would love to meet you in the future, brother. Give you a big hug. Um, he's mutual friends with a close homie of mine, Blue, who's been on Aubrey Marcus's podcast, who I want to have come on mine as well. So cool little little inner circles and things like that of connectivity. But this was fantastic. It was such a good podcast for me because I didn't know the full background or the full story of how Richard Rudd came to be. And it is really remarkable. You know, and one of the things, you know, if, if somebody claims to be a this or a that, uh, you know, a channel, perfect example of someone's a channel. Um, what is it that's coming through is more important than, than, than what, what they're claiming to channel, right? So Paul Selig, I've used that example many times. Um, whether he's connecting to some higher part of himself or whether it is Melchizedek or something else, it doesn't really matter because he's writing incredible books in a matter of weeks, like 17 days. And he, he spits it out verbally in front of everyone, the, the download of this book as he channels the book. I mean, that's pretty remarkable. And, um, you know, Richard wasn't able to do that. It took him seven years to fully process his, his deep dive. And I'm not going to give anything away. Like you guys got to, you're going to love this. Um, seven years to process it, seven years to write this book. And there's so many synchronicities in this podcast. I can't even list them. Um, 
But even, even along the lines of the prophecy, I, I talked with Richard after the podcast about some of the synchronicities there and how my life has been d- deeply impacted by certain, certain spirit animals you might not suspect, like the hummingbird and the dragonfly and the honeybee. Um, but just really, really cool stuff. And of course that won't mean shit to you guys. So just tune in. If it, if this, if this resonates with you on some level, it's quite likely you've had some impact or synchronicity with something in nature. Now that might be a little bit better way to, to bridge that gap, but anywho, I love this podcast with Richard. I hope it is the first of many. Um, I have started working my way back through uh, the Gene Keys, and um, I'm going to be taking a deep dive into his upcoming program. We link to all this stuff in the show notes. It's um, GeneKeys.com, but we'll, we'll, we'll throw his links up and all that good stuff there. And um, be sure to check him out. There is a wealth of knowledge contained within this channeled text. And, um, and it's personal. It's not, you know, uh, airy-fairy or way the fuck out there, out of reach. Um, there's very practical ways that you can unlock some of this. And one of the cool things that I hadn't known about before was Richard had written a second book and we'll link to that in the show notes as well, but it's really about how you deep dive the contemplation portion of life, but the contemplation portion of the gene keys, which is what, what is the necessary prerequisite to unlocking the gene keys. So I, I'm thoroughly, thoroughly, uh, excited about the fact that, that he had done this already. And I just found out about it for the first time. Uh, it's a very short book to chew on and break down. So I'll be diving into that very soon and, and hopefully I'll get him back on after I've taken a deep dive into contemplation. But there are a number of ways you can support this podcast. First and foremost, share it. Share it with all your homies that you know will like it. Secondly, leave us a five-star rating. If you do so, you're gonna, we're picking one winner at the end of each month to get my favorite Organifi product. That's guaranteed. And stay tuned because we've, we've got our first winner from September. At the end of each month, we're going to pick a winner uh, one or two ways the show has helped you out in life. Simple as that. And, uh, and you'll be entered into it. And support our sponsors because the sponsorship makes this show possible. It makes it financially possible for me to take the time that I do to deep dive these books, to make education and you know the, the teach, learn, learn, teach. There we go from, from the law of one. That is my job effectively. And, um, and the more you guys support our sponsors, the more that supports me in continuing to have that job of learn, teach, teach, learn. So I appreciate all of you. Thank you for listening and thank you for supporting our sponsors. Today, we are brought to you by Aura. Aura, thank you for sponsoring this podcast. Do you know what the fastest growing crime in America is? For years, this crime's rate has been surging and affecting millions of Americans. I'm talking about identity theft and it happens to one in 20 Americans. Yet despite this, those who have had their identity stolen are often shocked when it happens. Imagine trying to log into your email account one day only to see the password had changed hours ago. Then you start getting notifications of activity from your bank, credit cards, crypto accounts. That's when the feelings of panic, fear, anxiety, paranoia, disbelief, shock, anger, frustration, and guilt all set in. That's why I'm excited to partner with Aura, who's sponsoring this podcast. Aura is identity theft protection, fraud monitoring, a VPN, password management, and antivirus software all combined into one easy to use app. And it's incredibly easy to use y'all. Aura monitors the dark web for your emails, passwords, and social security numbers and sends alerts fast right to your phone and email. When it comes to fraud, every second matters. Connect your credit and bank accounts and get notified of any changes up to four times faster than Aura's competitors. Their VPN allows you to stay anonymous online by keeping your browsing history and personal information safe and encrypted. 
and their antivirus software will block malware and viruses before they infect your devices. Protect you and your family from America's fastest-growing crime. Try Aura free for two weeks and see if any of you or your family's personal information has been compromised. This is awesome. You sign up for free, you can cancel within two weeks, and you get a free report. You get to see for you and your family, like, what's going on? Has my stuff been compromised? Do I need to change my passwords? Do I at very the very least, need to start using a VPN and start to figure this stuff out. It's all going to be presented to you and you get that portion for free. I love these guys. They're doing great stuff in the world. Um, and yeah, uh, we've talked before, cyber attacks, quite possible. We don't know how, sh- how what shape or form that's going to show up, but you don't want your personal information getting out there. You want to stay protected. Aura.com slash Kyle is going to wait be the way that you guys get to sign up for this. It's HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash A-U-R-A.com slash K-Y-L-E. Thank you, Aura. We are also brought to you today by PaleoValley.com. Paleo Valley has been one of our longest sponsors. These guys are the best snack makers in the world, the healthiest, the very best. They don't cut corners. They source their beef from small domestic farms right here in the U.S. Their beefs are 100% grass-fed and grass-finished. Many on the market claim grass-fed, but they're actually finished on grains. They use real organic spices to flavor their beef sticks versus conventional spices sprayed with pesticides or natural flavors, often made from GMO corn. They ferment their sticks, which creates naturally occurring probiotics, which are great for the gut health. And they taste amazing and are a great protein-rich snack to grab on the go. Y'all, I have these everywhere. I have them in my backpack. Sometimes I throw a couple in the fanny pack. I've got them on the airplane. They're in my kids' bags. They are everywhere I could possibly have them because if I need to eat something quick, I don't want trash that's going to make me more hungry or cause inflammation. I want something that's actually good for my body, that's going to satiate me and make me feel good and leave me more whole than when I started. Meaning, I'm going to get stronger from it. I'm going to recover from my workouts. I'm going to feel full. And I'm not going to be reaching for more snacks later because all it did was spike blood sugar and get me on the roller coaster of eating snack after snack after snack. We don't want that. We've been there before. Choose Paleo Valley Beef Sticks. The jalapeno flavor is by far my favorite. And the reason for that is it's not that spicy. I like spicy food, but if it's too damn spicy and it hurts more coming out than it did going in, that's a problem. And whatever they've done, you know, jalapeno has always been hit and miss for me. Sometimes you never know, you get the shocker. Uh, their jalapeno beef sticks are perfect. They've, they've somehow found a consistent jalapeno for every single one of these because it's the same spice in every single one of these. And they do a fantastic job with them. The teriyaki is really good. The original, the summer sausage, they're all fantastic ways to get the highest end regenerative agriculture beef into your body on the go. And uh, these are, of course, keto-friendly, paleo-friendly, They're loaded with glutathione, nature's master antioxidant. They have higher omega-3 fatty acids. They have more bioavailable vitamins and minerals. And CLA, conjugated linoleic acid, which is the fat that burns fat. All right there in your 100% grass-fed beef bar that you're going to be able to grab from paleovalley.com. They have a number of other amazing products there too. If If you want to have some carbs and fiber and other goodies from plants, and load up on bone broth at the same time. They have some amazing bars that are quite tasty. Uh, the entire time we were building out the farm, I was going between the two of these, the beef sticks and the bars, uh, because I did want some carbohydrates. We were busting our ass sun up to sundown, and I knew I needed to hit it from all angles, and I was able to, just with the Paleo Valley products. They also have a number of great supplements. I love their apple cider vinegar capsules. This is an amazing thing to have, especially when you're on the road or if you're traveling, to optimize gut health, to prevent you know, who knows what you're getting in your fucking body when you're eating in an airport, right? 
So just optimizing that, optimizing uh, your regularity. You know, a lot of women, when they travel, they have trouble pooping. That's just a great way to counteract that. There's probiotics and there's all sorts of goodies that are going to change that chemistry and allow you to keep moving without getting backed up. And plenty more, paleovalley.com, discount code KYLE for 15% off. That is P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com, discount code K-Y-L-E for 15% off everything in the store. All right, our next sponsor of the day is, is definitely one of the longest sponsors we've ever had on the show. That's Buy Optimizers, and you're going to find all this awesome, amazing info at magbreakthrough.com slash kingsboo. Remember, for the long URLs, don't worry. Everything's in the show notes. Just click. You're one click away. If you don't want to accidentally take a laxative and have the worst day of your life, listen to this. If you're currently taking a magnesium supplement, chances are you're flushing it down the toilet. And I mean that literally. You see, the most common type of magnesium is actually used as a laxative. So you're taking it, you're literally pooping and peeing it out. Sometimes you're doing both. You're peeing out of your butthole. Let's be honest here. Which means that 80% of Americans who are magnesium deficient could actually be making their deficiency worse by taking magnesium. Kind of ironic, isn't it? The worst part about magnesium deficiency is how it affects almost every aspect of your health. Your metabolism suffers. You can't lose weight. Your blood pressure goes up. And a whole lot more. And the worst part is your sleep suffers the most. So what's the solution? It's called Magnesium Breakthrough, and it's my favorite magnesium product that I've ever taken, and I continue to highly recommend it. It's the only full-spectrum magnesium supplement with seven unique forms of magnesium that your body can actually absorb. And this month, they are including free bottles of their full line of digestive health products on select orders while supplies last. That means you're getting free products to try that will support your digestive system. And remember, guys, bioptimizers, they're the dudes. They're the people around gut health. You want to absorb more of your food? They've got it for people on keto, like Capex. They've got uh, masszymes when you're eating carbs and you want to break that down. And all the other fats and proteins and things that you're going to have in there, masszymes does it all. They've got the best HCL. They've got P3OM, a phenomenal probiotic. So when they're talking about this stuff, they're Trust me when I say this, like these are the best guys that are going to give you some free gear. And having an optimized digestive system means less energy trying to digest foods and absorbing more nutrients from the foods you eat. Critically important for recovery and anything else you want. This special offer is only available at magbreakthrough.com slash kingsboo. Visit M-A-G-B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-O-U-G-H dot com slash K-I-N-G-S-B-U and remember the code KINGSBOO in all caps for 10% off your order. And last but certainly not least, Organifi.com slash KKP. Check this out. We've been mentioning this for the last few weeks. All of y'all leave a review, a five-star review. You're entered into a monthly contest for free uh, to get hooked up with Organifi products, my favorite products from Organifi. So continue to do that. One or two ways the show has helped you out in life. And then please leave your IG or Twitter handle in the review so we can easily connect and get you your prize. Uh, the September review of the month was by Got Tuba. Please go, so review by Got Tuba. Got Tuba, please go to the show notes and follow the easy steps to claim your free Organifi product. So hopefully you, you've been tuning in still and you're going to hear this. Got Tuba. Uh, Head to the show notes, and they'll give you some easy steps here to claim your free Organifi product. For everyone else, when you leave the rating, just to at something, you know, I'm at Kingsboo on Twitter, at Living with the Kingsbury on Instagram, throw your handle at the bottom, and uh, Twitter or IG, and um, 
that just let us know. That's the easiest way to do it. Organifi is one of the greatest supplement companies ever developed. They have taken superfoods and really healthy things from all across the earth, from Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese medicine and the best of mycology from the mushroom world. And they've started to package these things into the most convenient, easy to drink, easy to digest and break down and delicious absolutely tasty products that you can take in with less than three grams of sugar per serving. I don't care who you are. If you're even in your keto, three grams of sugar, you're straight as an arrow. There's some people that are like, man, I'm going to get that. Like, trust me, if you're not eating carbohydrates and you have three grams of sugar in a drink, it ain't going to throw you out of ketosis. Move more. Um, This is a phenomenal line of products. The green is one of my all-time favorites. It's a way to balance with uh, ashwagandha and a series of other ingredients that help me balance throughout the day. So if I feel a little cracky from too much caffeine, which I've been off of for three weeks now, son, um, if I'm a little unbalanced, ashwagandha helps balance me. And it doesn't make me tired. It just balances me out. So, okay, nervous system's cool now. I'm good to go. Uh, The red, excellent pre-workout, excellent pre-bedroom. It helps with blood flow throughout the body. This is extra important. It's also important for podcasting. I had one right before uh, I sat down to do these intros because of the fact that it's going to increase nitric oxide, which increases blood flow, oxygen, nutrients to the brain. Very important. Not just to the, the, <laughs> the downstairs brain, but the upstairs brain. That's important too. And the gold. Gold is all, one of my all-time favorites for relaxing, unwinding. And y'all, they've got the gold. They got a chocolate gold right now. Uh, they also got a pumpkin spice gold for this holiday season. So be sure to check this stuff out at Organifi.com slash KKP. And remember to use the code KKP at checkout for 20% off everything in the store. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash KKP. And do not forget KKP at checkout for 20% off. And without further ado, my brother, Richard Rudd. All right, we got the clap for audio check. Richard Rudd, it is a pleasure to have you on this podcast. I've had uh, close friends of mine like Jade Bryce that have already gotten to interview you and um, many other close friends like my sister Blue, uh, people that have uh, really paid attention to your work and, and done a lot with Gene Keys. I got a printout of my chart here from years ago when I first started working with it. And you can see my book is just layered with little... <laughs> <laughs> I got I got oh, every single um, one of these outlined. I did the same for my wife. She got her own book, and I absolutely love your work. So I'm excited to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you, Kyle. Lovely to be here. Cool. Well, we 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 always want to get a background, and um, you know, you have kind of an origin story that is akin to a superhero. So I I, I like hearing hearing you know what made people who they are today. But talk about life growing up. Talk about um who you were in the past, and then, you know, your synthesis into downloading this, this amazing information that you've brought to the world. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, I guess I'm from a, a, a privileged white background, you know, so let's get that out of the way to begin with. Um, brought up in the UK over here and um, happy family, good parents, you know, my, and, and, um, uh, and I guess, uh, Things started to kind of get interesting for me when I was around 18 and then kind of those tremors of there's something more, there's, you know, um, there's something out there I need to find. And, um, and so I, 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 and I was a big adventurer, you know, so in my twenties, um, 
I traveled a lot in the world, you know, so I went, I, I went around the world several times and I, I was really curious as to kind of what happens when you let go of maps. And, you know, this was before mobile phones and all that stuff and GPS. So, you know, there's that purity to just traveling to places where that are really remote and wild, you know, where, you know, I remember being on a, for example, a truck in Bolivia um, where I wanted to go to this remote tribe and the only way you could get there was this one truck that went there once a week. And so it like things like that, where I would have experiences where I was there, you know, just completely off the beaten track. And I soon picked up that life has an incredible capacity to support you um, when you're, when you're, you embrace it with a sense of adventure. And anyway, all of that period of, of a lot of traveling kind of, um, led to me having a, a, a sort of awakening experience um, that is a bit unusual um, in that I was I went to bed one night. Um, I was living in the south of England at the time. And, um, and when I woke up in the morning, I woke up into an altered state of consciousness. You know, so I woke from my sleep and then I was immediately in this higher state of consciousness that lasted for three days and three nights. And um, and so far, I, I haven't really heard of anyone else having quite that same experience, like waking up and waking up. <laughs> um, and I and there was so I hadn't there was I was not on any drugs or anything like that. I was you know was nothing like that. It was just a spontaneous thing. And then so for those three days, um, I had a hit of the other world, uh, the invisible world, or the the cosmic me. Uh, you know where I was just this being of light and. Um, this kind of higher intelligence um, was operating through me, um, wasn't even a me, um, but you know there was there was this vast kind of light field, and um, and in those three days, it, it, there was a sort of feeling of um, being in the cosmic mind, or the, I guess you might call the akashic record, or those kind of things, and anything I wanted to know, I could know. You know, I mean, imagine that, like, imagine you're shown like this thing and like anything you want to know, you can know, you know, the past, the present, the future, you want to know your death, you can know anything. I actually didn't ask, I didn't kind of find out where my death was. It, it just didn't occur to me. I wouldn't have asked that <laughs> um, either. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but a lot of things I did find out, really my curiosity was about the universe and how it works and the structure and the mind and you know, the body and, you know, this, this time, you know, the, uh, the, and this form and why this form, why now, you know, and, and, and the, the sort of Dharma of my life. And yeah, I did look ahead a little bit and um, kind of look into the, into future patternings, I guess you could call. So no, not details, but kind of patternings, you know, so you could see the flow of a life, um, and that was an incredible experience, as you can imagine. Um, and then on on the third day, on the uh, you know um, when I, I was sitting on this little remote island, I was on a journey. I went on a little pil spontaneous pilgrimage over those days, and and there was no sleeping either. I didn't sleep at all. Um, I was just awake all night in this space. There was no sleep. There was no you know there was no discrimination between waking and sleeping. Um, and um, yeah, so I was sitting on this little island off the north coast of Wales, 
and this little hill there, and I got a fisherman to take me out there uh, on his boat, and he just dropped me on this little island. It's called Bardsey Island. It was mythically supposed to be the place where Merlin died, Merlin the magician, the Welsh magician, you know. And I, I sort of, I, I was just led there, and I was sitting on this little hilltop, and then this this altered state just kind of, fell off me. It was this weird experience of it. It went back into the earth. It just slid off me and back into the earth. And I was left as Richard again, (laughs) you know, (laughs) this thing, you know, like with all its stuff. And I was like, oh man, I was so disappointed. You can't imagine. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, I spent many years trying to get back um, and kind of railing against the fates. And then I had some period when I was in, I had a kind of messiah complex, you know, I went through all the different stages of, of, you know, surrender, I guess, you know, um, and, but in those three days also, but the things that I was shown about the cosmos and the universe and all of that, um, it was all beyond words. I didn't know how to put it into words. I didn't have a framework. So it sat in me for a good seven years and I integrated it. And um, and I couldn't sort of live a normal life after that. You know, so a lot of my friends were getting married and having kids and doing, you know, and jobs. And I couldn't, I just, it, nothing stuck because I was in this post-integration phase that lasted years. Um, so I was a bit adrift, to be honest. But then um, around seven years, um, I came across um, things like um, the human design system, which you might want to talk about. But um, that was, a, that was a, a calling that kind of woke up in me, like to go and study that and explore that. Um, and I also met my wife, and that kind of really grounded me in a new way. And after about a year, we had, we had a child and that also really grounded me. Um, and, and with that grounding, I started to kind of make sense in words of, you know, and in some kind of form of the things that were happening to me or had happened to me. Um, cause I knew I was supposed to do something with it, but I had no idea how to put it into any framework. You know, it was like a divine wisdom download, but I had no idea. You know, so all I had was clues, which my intuition followed. So the first one was human design. So I'll pause there in case you want to. No, that's, 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 this is phenomenal. You're, 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 you're intuiting exactly where I want it to go. So just keep running with it. This is cool. phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal. Right. So, yeah, so I went to, um, I went, you know, because a friend came, you know, it was, I, I said it was like just clues. In a way, you know, destiny is like that, isn't it? You know, you, clues come and you just have to pick up the clues and follow them. And they and your intuition is your guide. So um, a friend of mine came back from New Mexico carrying one of these human design charts, early human design charts, and he showed it to me. He said, "I had this great thing done." And as soon as I saw that chart, I was like, uh, something inside me went off. That deep recognition of my intuition saying, "You need to know more about this," you, you know. And so I went and found out more. I went to America. Um, I think that was I actually sailed there on a boat. You know, that was the t- I think that was the time I sailed across the Atlantic. Wow! And that's how I arrived in America. And then I travelled to um, New Mexico, where the chart had come from, <laughs> and where the founder of the system was. And um, his name Ra Ra Uruhu. You may have heard of him. People, you know, he's kind of infamous in his way. 
And he was an extraordinary man. And um, I got to know him quite well over the coming years. And um, I became a, he, he gave me the, the, the rights to the UK human design, you know, thing. So I set up a school over here in the UK and started teaching human design and sharing it and expanding it. And um, it was quite a successful school. I mean, like really, it, people loved it. And, and, um, and, but slowly in that journey, I started to kind of, part of my spirit wanted to expand that system further, deeper, more, you know, like there's this, it's the adventurer in me, you know, it's like, there's more, you know, and so I started to mutate it in little ways and shift the language a little bit. And, um, and then I guess it was around that time I had a, a second experience that I really wasn't expecting. Um, and it's kind of inconvenient actually, because <laughs> I was at the time a father looking after like young kid and stuff. And then I had one of these other encounter, you know, big experience, another three days, but I couldn't go off and be a nice mystic on a mountain. I had to be in the, you know, I was changing nappies and having <laughs> downloads, you know, <laughs> and, and, and it was, you know, it was extraordinary time and a whole nother layer came in on top of that human design knowledge, which formed like a baseline, like underpinning for me, because it was rooted in the Chinese I Ching, as you some may know. And that's a, an amazing kind of life formula for, you know, the codes of life, the codes of consciousness, these 64 codes, you know, that are then repeated in all kinds of iterations at all scales of creation. So 64 codes in our DNA, 64 bits, bytes in these computers that we're talking right now. It's, it's, it's the, it, uh, the foundation of our technology is based on that. Um, according to physicist Nassim Haramein, it's the foundational structure of the space-time continuum, you know, 64-fold tetrahedral grid. It's also the eight octaves of music. You know, it's, it's, it's embedded everywhere it's you find it in in geometries in life in nature in beautiful architecture through the phi ratio and you know it is really an incredible code you know universal and you'll see it on lots of ancient kind of tombs and you know uh lineages and places um the karma sutra the you know the 64 um vedic traditions and you know all kinds of places you you find it anyway so that became my big contemplative journey is like, how can I go deeper into that matrix that human design had kind of taught me the basis? And, and it meant by doing that, which I did, I came up with a new language for it, a threefold language so that, you know, you, it, there, was, there was space in each archetype it, linguistically to kind of fall and ascend and you know so you the shadow is the basis there was a shad there's a shadow for each of these archetypes and then there's a gift in that shadow and then there's a city that was a sanskrit word meaning like uh, divine revelation or divine realization so what i looked what i had at the end of that was a spectrum this language for human consciousness so the 64 shadows like those classic states that underpin all our victim struggles, you know, um, from like 
conflict, you know, to, you know, codependence, to all the real, you know, vanity. These are the words, they're archetypal words. And then each of them contains a gift hidden inside it. So that gave me the basis of like a whole shadow work. Like, wow, every shadow contains a gift. Um, Isn't that beautiful? Um, And then by this time, I'd left the human design um, sort of matrix, and I was traveling into new territory. And um, through a series of synchronicities, I kind of got these shapes and down and and, and um, sort of geometries that helped me kind of see deeper layers hidden in the same transmission that Ra taught. Um, and, you know, layers that could be used in different ways to take people on journeys, you know, very different. So, so Jinky then grew out of that and became very different from human design, which was this kind of the very kind of scientifically engineered language that's designed to kind of like a blueprint to show you your specifics of your nature and the the kind of laws of your nature in a way how to make decisions and those kind of things um so quite mechanical very mechanical and then but then jinkies this was this sort of flower that that grew out of that and became a journey you know lots of journeys through archetypes that where, you know, the same kind of, some of the same coordinates that came out of human design um, could be opened up in sequences, you know, inside us. So that was, that was one of the things I saw in my second, in my second big download was like how awakening operates, you know, and, and some teachers might argue with this, but it operates in sequences just because DNA operates in sequences and time operates in sequences. And so some might say no awakening is instant because that like when I woke up in the morning and bang, which is there's truth to that. But there's also all the things that led up to that moment, <laughs> you know, where there's, there were layer upon layer upon layer of preparation before those, those big epiphanies, you know, that some of us may experience. So I became interested in like how do we sequentially open to higher consciousness, and you know, and then in the same in the same patterning, I was shown um, how our wounding operates, you know, and that was a, a whole teaching called the Venus sequence, and and all these things were shown to me in in bizarre places, you know, on trains, in kind of you know, wandering around, you know, um, just just where I saw, I'd see it come in. And then I'd literally, my wife would say, what are you on? Um, <laughs> and I literally, every part of the wall was covered with a piece of paper with some writing or a symbol on it, or like scrawled, like something's coming. And then I'd go and write it and, I, and it on the wall. And like, it was like kind of a sort of mad scientists, you know, <laughs> study. And so I, I was collating all of that into kind of something, you know, I was assembling a big jigsaw puzzle. And later I came to see, you know, I came to a a Tibetan understanding called the Tama, you know, and and it really helped me understand what had happened to me because in in the Tibetan tradition, a Tama is like a, it's like a sacred teaching that detonates at a certain time in the space, in history in a certain epoch. And, and that sacred teaching only detonates when there's a, t- a turton, which is the person that's designed to receive it first, is passing by it exactly at that moment. 
in the same in, a, in an exact predestined position in the cosmos, you know. And 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 so I realized, oh my God, that's what happened to me. I had this tamer that was just kind of received. And I think I think more of us than we realize receive these things, you know, perhaps not the same size of tamer, all of us, because this was a big one. Um, and required like many years of unpacking, and I'm still unpacking it. You know, it's like a treasure box, and that's what tamer means, treasure. It's beautiful because this box full of divine wisdom, and you put your hand in, and another piece of wisdom comes out, and you're wow, it's like, and it's all, it's all, a, it's almost like all a complete universal teaching that's already kind of formed, but then. You know, I have to I have to use my language and my understanding from my upbringing to kind of put it into my cultural, you know, you know, re, I guess my cultural milieu of this age. You know, so if someone received that, you know, two thousand years ago in another country, it would have come out maybe in a completely different way, been interpreted, and and in fact, these sacred teachings do travel you know, like that. And so it's, it's nothing new. It's the same term as that's been traveling forever and it will continue to, and it will be reinterpreted in different ways by different people and different messengers, you know, in the future as well. So this is just the term for our time. And, and so as I unpacked more, you know, more, more interesting stuff came out. I mean, this term, uh, this teaching um, contains a really powerful prophecy, which I wasn't expecting when I was, because I started to write the book of the Gene Keys. You know, that was the way I kind of, I took, I, okay, I've got 64 codes. I'm going to contemplate each one without reference to anything else, no reference to the original I Ching or anything like that, or human design, put all that away and just went kind of naked into the wilderness <laughs> Of like, okay, I'm today. I'm doing, you know, I, I I came to call them gene keys. You know, today I call them gene key. I'm doing gene key five. You know, and I would just wait, and and for like maybe two or three weeks, I'd be doing gene key five. I'd be waiting for something, and then a teaching or a transmission would come, and it would be alive, and I'd get the live teaching from events, things, you know, in me, and then I'd write it down in words, and then I go right. Now I'm doing Jinky 29 because <laughs> it just came and I didn't do it in any sequence. I'd do it until I received the teaching from it and then I'd write it down. And that's how I wrote my book. And it took seven years of doing that, you know. Um, and at the end came the Jinky's book. And I, when I finished, I put that final full stop on the book. I was like, Phew. I had this feeling of like, Phew. that's a piece of work. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I also had this real satisfaction of like, wow, those three days that I had in the first hit where it was wordless wisdom, I just had this feeling of like, wow, somehow I got all those three days into that book in a coded form, you know, in a different form, but like, it's all in there. And I, and I had this feeling of like, right, if I, I can die now, it doesn't really matter what happens now. I've, do, I've done my message. <laughs> <laughs> um anyway so that was i'm rattling on i can i can carry on if you want yeah that this is fantastic um i i please keep rattling on and then i want to get into a little bit more of the specifics on on how 
if for somebody's first starting out, just the basics of where they go, you know, we'll talk about where they go online, link to all that in the show notes, but um, what they would do with, with their birth chart into getting into what this is and then how to operate the book and some of the, some of the, you know, how, how challenging is it to move from shadow into the gift and, and, and can you stay in the city in any of these archetypes or are they meant to be, you know, like a seasonal hit that you get to experience and then you move back into the gift or the, the, the shadow, things like that. But please, you know, take right. it anywhere Absolutely. you want to go, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thank you. And yeah, let's, let's, let's bring it more into the practical realm as well. Um, yeah. So it started to crystallize having written that book and, and then um, that book then started its journey um, into the world and it started to be translated into different languages and people came and they found that book and they're still finding it and and that terma that has its has its resonance it almost like has it i call it a fractal you know it has a fractal kind of connection to certain people at certain times that you know and and then they it it's it helps awaken them in different ways so out of this came uh, you know the book, and then um, out later came these programs I created because I wanted—I didn't want to be the spiritual teacher. You know, I wanted to—I wanted to create a teaching that was self-teaching. That so that because the, the last thing I wanted to do is sort of sit around with people and you know be in that role because I'm you know I, I'm quite hands-on, just dad and a and a family man, and I've I live a very ordinary life. Um, and I like that, you know, and, and so I didn't want to go on the circuit and <laughs> sell books and all that. So I just stayed at home and I created this, you know, online pro series of online programs that would, you know, and, and wrote these, these books that would take you through your profile. So your profile was caught, was created out of, you know, a little bit based on human design, a little bit based on astrology, I Ching bits of other things in there. And, it, you know, so anyone who's listened to this, you can go to genekeys.com right now as we're speaking, if you want, and and go to free profile and down put in your birth data. Um, it doesn't have to be super accurate. Genekeys is quite kind of um, liberal with timings. Um, and, you know, you'll, you'll get a profile. And then in that profile is a journey. You know, it's... This is not the kind of thing where you go and have it read by someone, although you can't, that's a nice way to start. It's a whole journey, you know, and, and the book is a part of that journey, but there's more, you know, because you have to learn like the sequences. So the first sequence is called the activation sequence, and it's four keys that relate to your life purpose, you know, your the life's work that you're here to do, the, the evolution, which is the in a way, it's your biggest stumbling block, you know. Um, and then your radiance is like your your perfect health, you know, on, on all levels, not just physical, emotional, you know, mental, you know, spiritual. Um, and then your then your purpose—that's your higher purpose. What are you really here for? So that sequence, those four, you know, follows a pattern of you know the challenge, the breakthrough, and then core stability. So. To explore those four keys, and each one, each person has unique keys, you know, to them, that's a journey of unraveling. So you don't just like read about it. You actually, same way that I learned, you have to contemplate it. You know, you you take the key, 
you understand its message, you contemplate its message, you look for the responses in your life, and, and then you learn through, you know, real life experience. You know, that's the power of contemplation. And in a way, that was the second book I wrote. Well, not the second complete, but it was the second really major part of my teaching transmission. I wrote The Art of Contemplation. I don't know if you've seen that little book. No, but um, I, one thing I wanted to mention was that just in, in talking about this, something that I'm a visual learner. And um, yeah. when I saw the triangle where you had meditation on one side being concentration on the other doing, and then in the middle at the peak of that triangle, contemplation, like that lives inside of me. That was not just something where I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I was like, holy shit. And it fundamentally changed the way that I, I relate to material and actually break it down and digest it. And that's been a big, you know, really big part of my mission. The people that I work with is like, the, you can't just, it's not enough to fundamentally understand it. Like Bruce Lee said, it's, it's not enough to know we must do. But, but in that too, we, we must understand. And that's where contemplation comes in. It's really, it's really letting this sit inside and start to, to land somewhere in my body where it becomes one with me. You know, and I think that, that is absolutely brilliant the way you put that. Beautifully said, yeah. And so for me, that, that was the second part, the second big part of my puzzle, my journey with the Gene Keys is this is the technique that unlocks wisdom. And so it unlocks the Gene Keys wisdom, but it also can unlock any wisdom and it can unlock our wisdom inside. So it doesn't actually, it's a standalone in, on its own. It doesn't even require the keys. You know, um, if you learn the art of contemplation, and the book's only 90 pages, it just gives it very, very simple. Like you said, it's like, you know, there's, con- there's concentration where you're focused on something. And then the other side is meditation where you're defocused you know, you're literally just witnessing. And in the middle is this journey of contemplation, which can make use of both. You know, it's focused, but also learning and, and relaxing. So it's a playful um, way of attaining wisdom, you know, and, 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 I, and I say wisdom as opposed to knowledge, you know, because knowledge is something that we put into ourselves, we take in, whereas wisdom is something that emerges from inside out. So the whole notion of the Gene Keys is that they are not a knowledge, they are a trigger of wisdom. So as you focus on your profile and these sequences, the wisdom emerges from inside you, from your interaction with life. So it's a living wisdom that has to be embodied, you know, otherwise it's just mental, you know, it's just a head trip, you know, and so that is a really important part. So that little book is a really powerful little Zen book um, that I really recommend to anyone. It's, it's, a, it's a, a lovely little thing, just can help you from day one with your life um, because it, it helps you understand that you probably already are contemplating. <laughs> um, and it also, it's a way of solving any problem in your life because any, any, any difficult problem you know, not just a kind of mental problem, but like a big thing. Like everyone probably listening to this now has something that's going on in their life right now that they're grappling with. Apply the art of contemplation to that and you put space around that thing and eventually it will just resolve itself because you've given it space inside yourself, inside your life. So the foundation to contemplation is pausing. We have to learn to pause 
you know, and we pause in lots of different ways. You know, we pause, you know, it's about relaxing, really. So you know, it's like you said, digestion requires that we stop, you know, um, and, and pausing doesn't even mean stopping entirely. You can be in motion and pausing. You could be doing Tai Chi or you can be doing, you know, something. You could be doing anything. You could be running and that's a pause. You could be doing anything, but it's a pause in between the daily kind of grind. So understanding what is a pause and how to kind of create a pause and a space for pause is really, really the secret to that art. And it unlocks the wisdom. And then the second part of the, of the, of the program in the profile is, is called Venus Sequence, and, and that's the one about wounding. Um, and that's a tough piece of work for most people. You know, it's a, it, it is a, you know, it's, it's a funny thing. Like we do statistics of, of how many people get the first one and complete it. And then we see how many people get the second one and then complete it. And the, and the stats go down, you know, it's like <laughs> once you, the, people do the first one, they're like, they had a bite of the cherry and they kind of have a sense. But then to go into the second, the Venus work is, is tough because it's, you know, and we at the end of the first one, we put the first part of the second, so you get a flavor. And there's a little kind of, do you want to come on the next part of the journey? This one's this is where the real work is, emotional work, and it's about it's the real shadow work. It's like patterns from our childhood that recur, and specific ones, specific gene keys, and shadows that relate to times of our lives when we were young and karmic patterning. So it can explain a lot of the reason that we struggle, for instance, in our relationships. And it can, but it can also harness those shadows and bring them out as gifts. So the things that we found so hard in our relationships then become our gifts. Like an example is um, the shadow of half-heartedness, right? Jinky 29. If you have that somewhere in your Venus sequence, and there's various points it can be, um, you probably have difficulty committing in relationships, you know? I mean, you will do, you know, because there's always a part of you that's going to keep a little compartment back just in case, you know? So you might commit, you know, 90, 95% to that person, but you're holding a little bit in reserve just in case there's someone else, you know, better to come along. And the the powerful thing about that is like a friend of mine once said to me, a, a mentor said, 99% is actually the same as 1% when it comes to commitment. There's no difference. You're either 100% or not. <laughs> and, and, and the beauty is if you realize that, if you have that pattern, the moment you realize it and you see it in yourself, it's such a relief. You're like, oh my God, no wonder none of my relationships work because I'm always holding out. I'm never committing 100% to this one thing, this one moment, this one person. And once you see it, it shifts. And then you find, you know, you actually find liberation through commitment, the very last thing that you were expecting. You know, you, know, you find freedom through committing. It's a very, it, you know, that's a city, you know, that becomes devotion. Commitment becomes devotion. That's, a, and it becomes, you know, and, de, and all the cities, these uh, transcendent states are, um, are paradoxes, you know, they're, they're, they're arrived at through paradox in some way <laughs> and through some deep surrender, you know, and, and they're very physical. You asked about the cities and yes, we, 
you know, we have these higher states um, kind of encoded in us. And in a way, one way to look at it is um, they're waiting for a time in history where more of us will be, will be accessing them. Um, so they're sort of like dormant genes, you know, gene keys in humanity. It's, it's like they're, they're not yet, it's not yet their time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But for many of us, we do these practices or we do these, do our deep contemplation and stuff. And then we trigger one, you know, we trigger this higher state in us, in one of these cities and it comes online and it awakens up. It might be we take a plant medicine or we do a ceremony or we do, or, or we do a lot of practice of some form, or it might have been like me. It's just spontaneous. It happens. Or, you know, it might, it might be making love. It might be, you know, out in nature. For people, it's different. It might be through trauma, you know, that it comes. But it comes when it comes, and then it gives us that glimpse. You know, usually it's a glimpse. Glimpse can last a while, but often it doesn't stay. It subsides, you know, and then it gives us time to integrate the glimpse because it's a lot to take in. That frequency of that transcendent state of consciousness, that's a lot for our body, for our chemistry to digest. You know, it's why it took me seven years to just to digest three days. <laughs> um, and and so it's it's why, you know, people that do those things, like I know you, you're in Austin, so there's a big plant medicine community there and a lot of, you know, activity around that. But it, you know, that takes a lot, those, those heightened states. The secret is integration, right? Isn't it? Like yeah. you need the time to digest, to kind of learn. And if you do it too often or too many times, you don't give yourself that time, that delicate time of the integration, the contemplation, you know? So, um, yeah. So, so much of what you said um, in talking about contemplation is not knowledge, but wisdom when you actually embody it. That, that, that is the whole point of integration. You know, and I, I, my, my good friend, Eric Godsey, who I work with at Aubrey, he's, he's always saying that integration is really about habit change. Like, how is it literally changing your life? What are you doing on a daily basis that changed due to said experience from the fast, from the plant medicine, from the, 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 the trauma that happened? How did that shift you in a way to where now you're the living embodiment of this new you? You know, and that's, that's, that to me makes sense when it's, you know, to, to make something into wisdom, to, to make something embodied in you, it has to live through you. And I think that's, that is a, it's a huge missing component, unfortunately, in the plant medicine communities. But I think as we get our bearings and we learn from the mistakes of others and, and uh, stand on the shoulders yeah. of giants, you know, from the psychedelic revolution in the 60s, I think we can start to understand that as, um, as a critical piece in our existence. Yeah. If we are to work with something that's that powerful and valuable, to really yeah. use that and, and, and take that value into our lives, it requires that. It, it really does. And there are many people in the plant medicine world who are using gene keys because it provides that framework. I mean, it's a really good structure, a, a linguistic structure that, you know, that, that can give you the continuity of like time because it's not, you, you know, if you're following these sequences, it's not something you read and then just discard. It's like, it takes time. So you, so you wait until one revelation has come and then you don't move on until it's come. And then, you, and then when it's come, you feel it come because it comes as, a, as an epiphany in your body. It's got to be physical, like you said. And then you're ready to move to the next sphere in the, in the 
in the sequence, you know, and and then there's another whole thing that opens up for you. And so I, I've, I've laid it out in the programs with the books and, you know, with meditations and journeys and tasks and sort of, you know, questions and, you know, that. so it's, it's a very nice framework for people to work with. But it's not a kind of quick fix. You know, it, it is a, contemplation is not a fast word, is it? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like it, it takes time to kind of inculcate wisdom inside the body and the being. It's like, you know, but our raw material is our lives, especially our relationships, you know, especially. So the Venus sequence is like really targets those relationships. And it's, you know, we're about to launch a big retreat, actually, Venus retreat. We do these online retreats, you know, lasting months where we follow the whole sequence as a, as a global community. So every month we have one gene key. So you'd get your Venus sequence at the beginning of the retreat. And then month one is your first gene key. And you look at that and we explore what is that? What is that? You know, and that's your underpinning for going into relationships. That's your core stability. If you don't have that one, how are you going to differentiate what's your pattern, what someone else's in a relationship? You've got to have that core stability. Otherwise, you're just caught up in someone else's issues and you don't know what's what. You're in codependence. So that's where it begins. And then it moves deeper into like karma and dharma and these other themes and um, emotional intelligence and, and, and SQ, which is soul intelligence, and then the core wound, because we each carry a core wound of some form. And then what is your core wound? That's something that you discover deep in the Venus sequence. And it's like an onion. You know, you peel off a layer and then there's another layer underneath. There's another layer of trauma or wounding. And then you, you know, and they each kind of have their time and they go right back to the trimesters of, of, of the womb, actually. Um, and then they all get kind of crunched down into the point of conception, you know, which is where this, I call it the sacred wound, you know, and, it's, and it is sacred. The sacred wound is passed from human to human at the point of conception. It's beautiful. You know, and then it starts to kind of ripple out in this in this algorithmic way, you know, so that we then get these algorithms, sometimes call them the algorithms of awakening, but they're the, they're the algorithms of, of patterns, of shadow patterns, that as we embrace them and transform them, they become awakening. So it's beautiful. Yeah, and I'm on the journey. You know, I've been on the same journey because the, the thing about these terma, these sacred teachings, is that it, it, just because you receive them doesn't have any guarantee that you know them. You know, so, so I'm the first student in a way, um, and it's cons- a constant learning process for me and, and others involved in the teachings. And it, and it also has rippled out into lots of different other areas you know there's sacred branch there's sort of weird esoteric parts of the gene keys and and then there are sort of very practical bits that apply to business and prosperity and um you know it's a treasure box so i've gone into i'm still going to the treasure box pull things out and then share them but they're part of the same stream of teachings yeah Pause. i love that i love that so yeah if somebody if somebody had printed theirs out like i did here you would effectively start at the very top, go to the far right, far left, then the bottom, and then that's where we'd enter into the Venus sequence going up. Yeah. And those four yeah. that are red are the Venus sequence. Is this correct? Yeah, and you'll see that some of them overlap 
in the sequences because the the sequences are all part of each other. Right. So the bottom the bottom would have half green, half red on the page because there's overlapping as you enter, leaving one stage into the next. Yeah, and in a way, a way to understand them is they're spheres of contemplation. You know, so these are these are these are openings on our journey of awakening. So there's really only one sphere, but they're all nested inside each other. You know, so as you open up, it's like a safe, you know, you're cracking a safe, you're a safe cracker, you turn one way, click, you turn another way, click, turn another way, click, and then you get to the core wound and click and it opens. And then you're like, wow, I'm in the core wound here. This is like sacred ground. And you get to see which wound is yours and you carry it. Not only it's not personal, you carry it on behalf of the whole, (coughs) you know, so they're collective. They're pretty intense. Yeah. Absolutely. Where, which would be the core wound in the Venus sequence? Well, it um, it's written there as vocation, probably. Um, so it's the one, the last one of the Venus sequence. It might say core. I can't remember what it says. Does it say core? I see core as the first blue one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. So that is that is the core of the. Yeah, that that's probably half red and half blue now. Now I got gotcha. you. Um, so this that, was printed out back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the basis. That's a really, really profound place inside us. Um, and what you find is through the gene keys, not just looking at the keys themselves, but the lines of each key, each key is one of six lines. And I describe the lines in, in other, in my, in the online programs and in the other books that I've written that go with the programs. Cause they're a whole kind of lovely, they're, they're a very pic, pictorial part of the journey, colorful, you know, so if you have, there's one of six. So you're, if you're looking at that specific core wound, then you're one of six core wounds that you have. So you, you, you're either line one is repression, in which case your wounding is is always about repression. It's always the trauma was like you turned inward, you know, and and so when you're under threat, that's what you do at the core. You turn inward, you know. Then line two is is um, denial. Right, and that's the one that's aggressive. So when you're under threat, if you have a line two, you tend to lash out. You know, <laughs> if you're line three, it's avoidance. You know, because it's shame. The recall of wound is shame, and so that's you know, if you're under threat, you run away, or you shy away, or you change the subject, or you try and you know make a joke, or you do you know you're evasive, slippery. You know, you can you know those people you can like. Yep. You're trying to have a serious conversation with them about something and they just won't go there. They keep sliding away. <laughs> That's the third line. And then the fourth line is rejection. And that, you know, and then the fifth line is is um guilt. You know, the guilt trip. They 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 envelop you in their in their world of of guilt and self-pity, but it's unconscious. And then the sixth line is is called um it's, it's like disassociation that you can move up your body like the six lines up here the first lines down the base first line is like pure terror you know in the body and they're like the chakras the sixth line is just disassociation so it's the, it you could almost say it's like the wound of that chakra you know because it, so they're layers inside us but they're also coded in our dna because our dna is built out of sixes out of triplets you know, and in combinations of pairs. So you get, that's why they're called gene keys, because we're looking at the building blocks of consciousness. And so our, so our trauma is also built into that. So 
I don't know. I've never come across anything like the Venus sequence. It's a wound map, um, not something that most people really want to get into. But uh, if you want liberation, if you want, you know, to attain higher states, you can't not go there. <laughs> yeah. What, what, yeah. What is the the what you? Uh, I can't believe I'm forgetting this quote. It's so so often used, but um, what you resist persists, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah. we had Paul Levy on the podcast who wrote a great book called "Dispelling Watiko" and a follow up. Oh, to I that. know. Paul, yeah, yeah, Paul's phenomenal, right? And he talks about yeah. that. Like in in the center of the darkness is the gem. That's the pearl of exactly. light, and it's only through that darkness that you reach that unfolding back into the light and have a deeper level of understanding and awareness by having said yes to it. Absolutely, yeah. It, it's, it's 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 exactly the same truth. Yeah. As I as I as That's I beautiful. hold in the, at the core. Yeah, um, I don't. You, you can keep going on this. I, I definitely have yeah. other questions too. So wherever you want to take it. Uh, I guess the final part that uh, that kind of brings that phase of the teaching to a close in the profile is the the final sequence is called the pearl. It's kind of interesting because the first one is called I love threes. So Jinkies is filled with trinities and. So the first one is is physical, the second one's emotional, the third one's mental. Or you could say also the first one's individual, the second one's relational, that's the Venus sequence, and then the third one, the pearl, is collective. So it shows how we are designed to collectively prosper. Um, and it's interesting because it in the sequence, it flowers last. You know, prosperity comes after the heart is healed, right? And And so anything that doesn't come out of the heart being healed is not really prosperity might be wealth but it's not prosperity you know it, you know so prosperity's got to be of the whole being and so that it you're looking at your pearl sequence helps you define where you are designed to truly prosper how you how you best kind of work in society at scale levels are you a partnership person are you a entrepreneur are you a small team are you a networker are you a empire builder i'd say empire is a bit of a dodgy word but or are you a <laughs> um, you know are you a are you a systems a whole system being you know where do you fit into the scale that's that's these are the things that the pearl shows us um it's really interesting um, because then you get to see the building blocks of of how humans in one day will attain you know effortless prosperity you know, and, and that doesn't mean we can't begin to build it now because if, you, if you've done your Venus work, it kind of starts to happen anyway because you find the right allies, you find the right timing, synchronicity, and prosperity starts to kind of build. Um, and then, you know, that's the pearl sequence. So it's very magical. It's very, um, it's a completely new take on money. Um, I sometimes call it like um, prosperity without success. You know, because it's not a, you don't have to be, you don't have to get caught in the ladder of success. Prosperity actually comes by mistake, <laughs> really. You know, when you're not looking, when you're not trying so hard, because prosperity is, is not, you know, you probably know loads of people, I know loads of people who got to the top of the, of, of the wealth ladder and then realized it's hollow you know, and then kind of found prosperity through simple things in life. And that's what the pearl teaches us. It shows us like, how do I create the ultimate prosperity? 
all around me. So it's kind of a very cool, very cool sequence. No, yeah, that's brilliant. And I love how that, yeah. that pairs in the sequence of, of actually digging in, doing the dark, deep work with the shadow, and then allowing that to just unfold naturally as you progress through. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, one, one question I, I had that has been um, really on my mind, I know there's, there's vast differences when, when you explain it perfectly on how Gene Keys unfolded through your own downloads and your own experiences and really expanded upon um, human design. You know, you, you mentioned Ra Uruhu's kind of infamous <laughs> nature, and um, I've learned a lot from him. He has, you know, some uh, quite a few lectures with um, uh, ideas around the future that that seem less palatable than most people predict. And uh, certainly yeah. in the last in the last uh, couple of years, um, it's not hard to argue because he's looking way way ahead. But um, we, you know, we're in such a, a a vulnerable and shaky time in human existence. I would love to hear your take on on what's coming as you peeked into the future earlier and, and how this all plays into it. Yeah, it's a great question. It's probably a nice place to kind of bring the conversation to a close as well. It's like, um, you know, in, when I, as I said earlier, the Gene Keys has a prophecy woven through it. And, um, and that's, that came out of the Gene Key 55, number 55, which Ra also talks about. And um, I guess, you know, Ra reads the code the same codes as me um he reads he reads them through his mindset i read them through mine and so you get two different readings of the future um but also because i created the language with a transcendent aspect i can also read that transcendent aspect um which is not something that rod attempted to do you know um and so what kind of where my reading of of the future through the 55 differs from his is in that area like and and it's not you know for me it wasn't even a reading it was just i saw it you know in my in that state i remembered it in my body in my being i remembered where we were going and i think others have had those flashes of on the other side of the turmoil is this incredible new human, you know, like an incredible new human with a new operating system that hasn't yet come online, but it's going to go through this awakening process. It's begun. And that's why the, the, the dragonfly is all over the gene keys as a symbol, because the dragonfly represents these three phases. The, the first phase is the underwater insect, the you know, underwater lymph, nymph that it is. And it lives underwater for two or three years, and then it climbs up. A, uh, that's the second phase. It climbs up out of the water, up a, up a piece of grass or a reed, and then it goes through a huge transformation. And that's the second. That's the, tra- the transformation itself. And then the the dragonfly emerges with these resplendent, iridescent wings and becomes a creature of air. That's the third phase. And so, in a way, we are beginning the second phase. You know, and that second phase is like the hardest because you don't know what's going on. And all around you is things breaking down, old paradigms, old ways, even the, even the web of nature herself, you know, beginning to break down, you know, being broken down, being forced even, you know, to break open the structure 
of this place we live in. Um, and, you know, as we know, all kind of new rebirths come about through that, through that old crumbling in some way. So it's a very frightening time unless you have that view of the transcendent of where it's heading. And that's what I kind of got as a personal knowing, um, but also it's what the keys present. In every journey, through every gene key, you see it. You see the shadow being transcended, transformed, and then, you know, coming, being flowering in the city, you know, finding its... And these are inside us, the gene keys, you know, they're like... The whole of humanity will, will will one day move into that higher state of consciousness, into a networked, higher human being, like one being, one unified consciousness. Um, but that's hard for us to kind of understand, you know. And yeah, in, I could take, I could break it open, and, and in the Gene Keys book, it is. It's described in its phases, but um, it, you know, it comes in, you know, as we do that Venus work, as we open up our hearts in our relationships, that's where it starts to flower. Because the moment we open up our hearts in our relationships, it is about love. <laughs> the, the ancients have always been correct. It's always about love. So the moment we do that and our defenses drop away and those wound patterns fall away, that starts taking over the gene pool. You know, love spreads you know, like wildfire. And, and that's the mutation. Mutation then opens up those higher centers, those higher aspects, those cities inside us. So, you know, what comes with this time of fear is in, immense promise of, you know, what I always try and say to people is, look, when you look at the dragonfly as a symbol, the resemblance between the first phase and the last phase is just, it's, it's, it's not in the same dimension. One lives underwater. The one lives in air, you know. One is molt is just one single oily grey colour. The other one is like iridescent. They're, you would never think those creatures, like a butterfly and the you know caterpillar, you would never think those two creatures were connected. So we have to remember that the thing that we are that's coming, we can barely imagine it from our current state. We can't even imagine it, and the world that we will create out of that is barely imaginable. You know, it, it doesn't have, I guess what I want to say is that when we look at the, the past and then we look at where we think we're heading, we always think in terms of continuity, steps. This led to this, that'll lead to that. Putin in, invades Ukraine, it'll lead to this. Da, 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 it leads to this, it leads to this. What we never allow for is the quantum leap, you know. We never allow for quantum leaps because our mind doesn't kind of, doesn't know when they're going to come or if they're going to come. But that's the prophecy woven into the Gene Keys, that all the greatest transformations in nature take place through trauma. Birth is the ultimate one, right? There's this incredible trauma. And then there's a quantum leap and this thing comes through. That, and you're like, oh my God, what is that? <laughs> and and it's, it's like this, it's the new and so, yeah, we, we, you know, it's important that people kind of feel this. And that's what I try to put into the gene keys at every level is that transmission of what's coming is beautiful beyond our imagining. And if you can hold that in your heart, it really will help us through this next phase. You know, and it doesn't mean that we can kind of 
drop everything and go, oh, it's all going to be fine. It's 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 actually the opposite in a way. It's like if I'm if I'm feeling this this uplift, that means I'm I feel empowered to kind of be a bit of an activist in some way. Like I want to protect, I want to defend the mother, you know, the earth. You know, I want to I want to fight injustice. I want to open more hearts. I want, you know, it puts you in service, puts you in divine service instead of feeling like you can't do anything because it's all going down the tubes, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's a beautiful um, message, I think. And I hope it's inspiring to lots of people. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's the bean case. That's, that's big time. <laughs> Thank you so much. I actually hadn't read the fifty-five, the fifty-fifth key because it's not on my chart, but I've got it pulled open wow. now. I'm going to jump right onto it and uh, uh, tell me the name a, of your second book again, uh, Contemplation. Yeah, the Art of Contemplation. It's on Amazon. It's it's really lovely book. Beautiful. And, and if people like audio, there's a there's a mini course on the on my website, genekeys.com. It's like $45 and it's me reading the art of contemplation, but it's put out in layers with like meditations and it's a beautiful little journey that you can do over, you know, it, if you're audio and if you're, you know, that's another beautiful way of, of taking it in. Um, or you read the book. Both is good. I think. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Uh, where can people, where can people find you online and, and, it, you know, talk about upcoming courses that you have, anything that's really exciting you right now? Yeah. Well, they can genekeys.com. And if you get your pro free profile, you get asked, you know, would you like to receive the pulse? The pulse is our like weekly gene key of the week that kind of gives you connects you into our global community and it's really nice like I, I, I advise click that box tick that box and you will get this really beautiful um thing that just cut you know little thing that shows you the gene key of the week you know so and and gives you a backdrop of what's going on in your life right now and also connects you to what's latest in gene keys world um, there's usually there's always a video by me in each one of something of me talking about something you know <laughs> Uh, all kinds of subjects. Um, so that's one way. The thing that I'm most excited by right now, I don't have time to go into, but um, it's called the Dream Arc. It's it's under our courses. And I spent three years developing the, the program um, with some, with a whole village. And in fact, last night we had a, a call on it. And um, it's it, what we did in the creation of it is that we interviewed loads of indigenous elders and they all, you know, many of them came to our call last night. It was quite a call, you know, when you have like five, six different lineages from around the world with indigenous people in the same call, it's just like mind-blowing. <laughs> um, and they're elders, you know, from Mayan elders to Navajo to, you know, um, Inuit, you know, like it's it's an extraordinary. Anyway, so woven into that course, Dreamark, uh, that all the, all the animal creatures and the dream spirits. And it's that whole teaching of, of the dream realms and, and how we can interpret the dream realms and how we can enhance our dream life and understand that our dream life is a continuity. It doesn't stop. So when we're awake, the dream life is still going on, you know, but if we know how to read the symbols and that, especially through the creatures and the animals around us, um, we have access always to that mythic level of, you know, our identity. So it's a beautiful, beautiful program. Um, and we launched it not that long ago. And 
Um, we've got a thousand or so people already in it, and but it's a big program. It's a big, it's a whole other gene keys actually. <laughs> so wow. maybe we we'll have to I'll have to talk about it another time. But um, that's what's really um, something I, I'm I'm really into at the moment. Um, yeah. Well, Jade Jade yeah. has been telling me a lot about it, and it's something that I've definitely felt called to. Um, through I'll my plant medicine a, journeys, I've had many experiences with it. animals, and uh, that's why our son's named Bear and our daughter's named Wolf. And oh, cool. odd, oddly enough, uh, we had lost a child in between the two, and it took about five years for Wolf to come. But wow. I had an experience um, with a dimethyltryptamine and some Icaros from uh, uh, Don Alberto, wow. and uh, the dragonflies ushered in my daughter. Wow. And it was powerful. I mean, they let me know Beautiful. that she's safe, she's coming, she's ready, and I was just floored. I mean, floodgates. So that was my first experience Beautiful. on a very deep, deep level with I'll the dragonflies. So all of this is super resonant for me right now, and, and I really appreciate your work, brother. Well, Kyle, I'll send you a, um, a, a free link to the court, to the program, so you can go and play in there. Yeah. I would absolutely love that. Thank you so much, and we'll definitely, I'll get you back on as I work my way through that and chew on it and patiently allow it to come through me. Uh, I'll most definitely have you back on. Thank you so much, Thank Richard. You. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm heading to Austin one of these days, so um, come and see you. You know, please, 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 please. I'd love to get you to meet Aubrey and and uh, and get a get a meal in, see Jade and everybody out here. We'd absolutely love that. Yeah, me too. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Richard. Great. Take care.